Hey, this is Cameron Esposito. And Rhea Butcher. And we love the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Yes, we do. a human condition that will um, shame and point out anything different. Yeah. And, you know, you see it. My daughter has a helmet on her head now and because she has a little flat spot and she mm-hmm. has it on for a couple of months. It's not a big deal. But you go to the playground and all other little kids are like, what's wrong with her? Right. And, you know, it's I don't, it's done out of innocence. It's not like they're being bullies at like three and four, but mm-hmm. there is an, a human um, tendency to point out differences. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. This is the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the GBB Podcast. You can find us anywhere on the interweb that you found us. <laughs> I am Justin at 140 Justin C because my intro is the most important. I'm just joking. Um, we're here yeah, for, with yeah. another great episode. How you doing, Jamie? I'm doing excellently. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. We had some, I've had some technical difficulties all day, but I'm happy that we're good to go with this podcast now. And you know, we were trying to, we were trying to get this going and, oh, computers. Yeah, tech issues are, are, yeah, really. I mean, it's like 2017. <laughs> Why are we still having technical issues? Like basic things that right. go wrong with our computers. Our first time ever on, we have, okay. I'll back the train up. Um, in the new year, we started New Year's. It's almost the end of 2017 <laughs> now. But at the start of it, um, we started introducing new guest hosts to take the place of me when I'm being stupid and don't want to be involved. <laughs> and the guest hosts come in and they take over the reins when it's somebody they're very interested in and whatnot. And it's been a revolving steady, like it's been the same people somewhat. But this time we fu- we have a new guest host and his name is jerry how are you doing jerry (laughs) i'm doing well how's it going (laughs) pretty good we don't have like a soundboard like a like a like noisemakers we should we totally have like like party party sounds um right that's all the introduction you're gonna get so why don't you tell the people who you are and where you come from (laughs) and and why you're here today so i'm jerry tolbert i'm one of the other geek dads and uh known jamie for a while and uh asked me if I wanted to co-host the podcast and ask some questions to to a very special guest. And I said, yes. Um, you can find me at Dr. Tolbert on Twitter, um, D-R-T-O-L-B-E-R-T. You've been on a, uh, you were on one of our roundtables though a while back, weren't you? Yeah, I was. It was a group effort. Uh, we were talking about Star Wars toys, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't know. We haven't done one of those in a long time. We should. It wasn't, prob- hopefully it wasn't that train wreck of a live episode that we had like 30 people in on. <laughs> No, there were only like four of us, I think. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember that, Gene? Hey, that but you know awful. what? Props to us for trying, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's exactly right. Well, and uh, the funny thing is, though, is you get all these people in and you're like, okay, we're all going to have a chat. And then we get in there and maybe like three people of the big group talked. 
And we were just sitting there like awkwardly looking at them. Like, are you guys going to say anything? Like, <laughs> Well, if, if memory serves, I think I also have to pull, uh, take, take responsibility. Cause I think we got like all these people together. And I think my, my, like my thinking was like, Oh, we've got so many people. We don't need talking points. People will just automatically talk about stuff. And so we get on the line. I was like, guys, I didn't prepare anything. And nobody knew what to say. We were all just like staring at each other. Like, um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so Star yeah, I guess Wars it really toys. depends on the topic that you choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So why don't you guys tell us about who you interviewed for this episode? So this week, um, we got a chance to sit down and talk to Felicia Day. Uh, Felicia, pro- does she really need an introduction at this point? I, I don't think that she does. Um, so I'm not going to even try to, you know, say like what you probably know her from because you probably superstar. Exactly. Like, you know who she is. Um, she is, had just, she has just joined the cast of Skylanders Academy, uh, which is an animated show on Netflix based in the Skylanders video game universe. Um, and it's the second season just came out on Netflix. She's a new character. Her name is Cinder. She's a, a purple dragon. Um, and so we talked to her a little bit about that, but uh, mostly we talked to her about being in a new mom because she, she just became a mom earlier this year. And I was actually surprised. I was not, not really expecting the entire conversation to be about parenting and being, and being a, a parent, but that's pretty much how it went. Right, Jerry? Yeah. We talked a lot about, what it's like to raise a daughter in this environment. And I, I know there's a lot of hot button political issues going on around that topic, but this all kind of came out before that. And it was still a really good conversation about what it means to be a parent and what it means to take care of a kid in the internet generation. And especially a small child wh- whom you may not want to be network connected <laughs> right off right. the bat. Right. And especially, you know, with somebody like her, who's in the public eye and has a huge following on, on line on social media, you know, how does she toe the line between wanting to be excited about her kid and sharing pictures of her kid like any parent does, but still kind of maintaining her privacy and, and not putting her kid out there for three million people on Twitter to sort of comment on. Um, so she's got a she's got a unique perspective from that from that point of view. So it was really interesting. Um, yeah, it was a great, great conversation just about being a new mom and parenting and was it you know what you expected and and how she's dealing with it awesome so we are going to go play that episode for you right now hope you enjoy felicia thank you so much for taking the time to talk it is awesome having you here this is uh this is just an absolute pleasure i'm very happy to be here thank you um and i wanted to start off i guess by asking how motherhood has been treating you so far um, you know, it's wonderful. It's a little uh, hectic. Yeah. It's definitely, I'm trying to figure out how to be um, what I used to be and it ha- at the same time be a mom. And it's, uh, it's, it's about, it's, it's, yeah. nothing is 100%, I guess. Oh. That's what everyone says. And I, I feel that now. I'll bet. Yeah. I mean, you, from, you know, looking at your schedule and everywhere that you are and everything that you do, you, you do a lot. And, you know, adding a, being a parent on top of that is no easy task, I'm sure. Yeah, well, most of it's like, oh, I want to really play this video game or I want to read this book. And then you're like, you have a living being here that really needs your brain and your attention. And you're like, well, maybe you shouldn't be reading that book instead of paying attention to her. Right. <laughs> I don't know how you so, guys do it. Does your does your feeding time give you a little extra time for that? I know that was something that, that feeds were always good. I, I have three daughters and, and they 
that was always the time we spent together, uh, you know, kind of bonding. But also, if they were just eating and weren't paying attention to me, then that's when I was holding the Xbox controller in the other hand. <laughs> that's a good tip. Um, that's a good tip. She's uh, breastfeeding still, so it's kind of hard to Xbox and have yeah. a big Sure, that gets a little sure. hard. Understood. We had we had twins. We had yeah, twins, like, so I had to help with that. It was a little, you know, there was oh, a lot of pumping and feeding. So. Oh, it's I can't imagine twins. That's. That's that. That's you are a champion. You yeah. and your wife. <laughs> my wife. I was gonna say my wife is the real champion. <laughs> I, I just helped. Yeah. Well, that's good that you pitched in because I don't know how one person does it with one baby, much less two. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it either with twins. Uh, anyway. Anyway, you're here to talk about Skylanders. Let's let's chat about that. Um, I'm just curious. Had you seen the show before you got the role, like the first season? Um, I had seen like just a little bit of it, but it, I, it was not something that was on my radar necessarily. Cause I guess I don't have kids. Um, even though now I retrospectively, I'm like, this art is amazing. Right. I love the way all the characters interact with each other. And, um, and, and believe me, it's on my list now. If I had time to consume <laughs> things, I would be catching up and everything. So, but I, I was, uh, familiar with, um, I, I mean, uh, the, the franchise and the brand and everything. Sure. And I, thought it was really super cute everything yeah. was really cute and i think this this iteration of it is even cuter than it was before do, do you feel like there's more of a storytelling aspect you know i know the game has some pretty decent storytelling but the the show in terms of storytelling do you feel like that's a big part of of what they're trying to accomplish yeah you know i guess my perception of skylanders before was that it was kind of a kid's game and it was just i mean uh, of all the things i i loved playing it was it was not on my didn't happen to be on my list and now retrospectively i'm like oh that's probably really you know kind of like the lego uh the right. game mm-hmm. never got into the lego games so i was like ah it's not going to be for me and then i i sit down and i start playing marvel lego i'm like oh, this is amazing <laughs> i do think that the writing and the storytelling on this particular show is really uh top notch and i i love the way that they're able to very easily sort of bridge the gap between adult and kid themes and also have a lot of depth of storytelling that you don't normally see in other um, animation. So I really enjoy it. And it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like my little pony and that adults and kids can enjoy it alike. Yeah. Um, at least that's my perception of it. Oh, absolutely. I have two kids, a boy and a girl, and I, they were familiar with the game. Um, we had one, we had giants. And, uh, and so when they saw that the show pop up on Netflix, they're like, oh, let's check it out. And they just fell in love with it. And I, you know, I, I didn't watch the whole season with them, but the se- the episodes that I saw, like, I honestly, I was think I was probably expecting like one big commercial for the games, but it's like yeah. the, first of all, like what you said, the animation is incredible and they're actually yeah. telling a compelling story. So I was really pleased with the show. I mean, it's, it's a really yeah. good show. I mean, especially my character, there's a lot of themes of redemption and, you know, are you born the way you are or do you make it or and who are do your friends help make you who you are? And there's a lot of really great themes there. And I really um, I think that's important, you know, especially as a mom now. Uh, I'm always looking at things that eventually when I show her um, animation or cartoons or TV shows, I want to make sure that whatever she's seeing it has the kind of values that make her feel very empowered and there are a lot of great female characters on this. I mean, I think my character is really great. Cinder is just a real, uh, very three-dimensional character that has a lot of internal conflict. And and a lot of uh, the way she relates to the other characters is, um, it's it's not just one thing. It's a, There are a lot of nuance, nuanced aspects to it, but she really is a hero in her own right. And I do, I'm proud to voice her. And yeah. uh, 
show her to my baby one day when she's older. Aww. <laughs> um, I mean, so this is not your first foray into voice acting. Obviously, you've you've done a lot of uh, you've had a lot of roles in in countless shows and video games. What is it about voice acting versus on screen acting when it's you and your face? Like, what 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 is it that you like about one or the other, and do you have a preference? Well, I love uh, animation acting and voiceover in that you can be something completely different from what you look like. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're kind of tied to our physical selves (laughs) in a way um, when we're doing voiceover. Uh, I mean, when we're doing real life uh, stuff versus voiceover, you can be a small dragon or you can be an old woman or you can be an evil person or a really, really lovely, sweet, innocent person. and, And that's not necessarily who you are or uh, how you represent yourself in in life, but you can really stretch yourself. Kind of like if you are a theater actor, you can do things that are radically different from what you look like and kind of are perceived as versus, um, so I love that aspect. And I also love the fact that you don't have to do your hair. You, just <laughs> bed, you go to work and, um, and you know, and, and the great thing is it's almost like a surprise. It takes so long. You know, I started voicing this character over a year ago, way over a year ago. And, um, and the fact that now I finally get to see the fruits of our labor, but it's, you get me, you grow kind of apart from it. So you kind of see it objectively and you're like, Oh, this is so much fun. I forgot I did that. Yeah. That's gotta <laughs> be so this, yeah. Was this a situation where you got to spend time together as a voice cast or did you all record separately? This, in this particular show we recorded separately, um, which is fine. You know, it's, it's very rare that you actually have a group record, um, mm-hmm. I have one show that I'm doing that on Stretch Armstrong um, that's going to be out, I think. Uh, but, uh, but that's the only show I've ever done a group record. Oh, I've, I've done a couple of others, actually. I'm sorry. That's a lie. Uh, Rex, uh, <laughs> Generator Rex on Disney, I think, that I did several years ago, and we did group records, too, there. But it's it's rarer it's just because everyone's schedule is so complicated. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is that, um, you know, it, animation, the director is really very key in animation so that they know what the other actors did and so they could point you in the right direction. And the director on this particular Skylanders, um, I really um, vibed with, and she really guided me to a place where we really created this character, I think, um, that people will love. Yeah. You know, looking at your IMDb or, you know, the, the, the just the list of credits that you have, um, it's super impressive just because of the amount of work that, you can, that you've done. Um, but, I mean... Is that tough as an actor? You know, because I mean, you know, looking at the list, you're like, wow, that's she's really prolific. She's been in a lot of things. But then, like, you also think about it, and you're like, well, wow, that's a lot of auditions and that's a lot of work. And that's <laughs> that's also that's a lot of like hustling for the next job. Like, is it is it exhausting or is that like is that something that you just like that challenge is that that's ex- exhilarating for you and that creatively gets your juices going? Well, I mean, I'm very lucky in that um, a lot of the roles that I do are offered to me now yeah. only in the you know, like five years before that, it was really terrible and tough. And I'm a terrible auditioner. I have like, <laughs> I have an anxiety disorder that is off the chain. So I would, you know, there are a lot of opportunities that my inner, you know, mental illness in a sense, um, sabotaged and didn't let me get to a place where I think I could have had it been out of my way. But at the time I didn't know I had a problem. So the fact that I've worked very actively on dealing with that in the last five years has helped me enjoy the, uh, at least not enjoy the acting, uh, the audition process, but at least look at it as not my self-worth is on the line. It's really just a job. Yeah. And I think it's really tough to try to get yourself into a place and I couldn't have done it earlier in life. So, you know, those two things are uh, part and parcel with the job that I do. And 
I work on a lot of different projects because I kind of am gun shy about committing just to one thing, like being a regular on something. And I, it's difficult given all the internet stuff that I do to kind of commit to one TV show or whatever full time. So that's, that's the path I choose to do. And I, I kind of get bored if I do the same thing too long and, you know, we'll see how long it goes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. How, how has that changed since you became a mom? You know, I have to say that I don't, um, it is quite liberating, um, to be out of my way a lot because I know that a, I'm doing work to help support my baby. And there's a lot more important things in life than this one job or doing it. And I do, you know, a lot of people said that after you become a mom, you get a lot more um, practical and less personal about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that like 10,000%. Um, I look at a job and I'm like, this is the way I would do it. And if you don't want to hire me, that's totally fine because I have something more important. I can't worry about this anymore. I have things uh, that are more important to worry about in life. And I exactly. think it's great. Yeah, I wish I had done it a long time ago because I think it would have been healthier for me, even though, you know, it is it's it is what it is. So I have to say that, so, yes, yeah, it's great. Sometimes that that perspective takes distance. Yeah, that's that's tricky to do. I'm actually uh, a physician. And so um, oh. talking about that, even even in that role, um, there are still bigger things, you know, um, yeah, make it's sure that hard. We're- yeah, and if your career is your your baby in a sense, and or your lifestyle is your baby, I think a lot of the times you think, oh, I'm not going to give up this lifestyle um, to have a baby because it's going to change my life, and it does change right. your life. But um, maybe you won't even miss all those things. I never went out at night anyway, so I don't know why <laughs> I do it earlier because it's not like <laughs> my social life is curved. my consumption life is curved. That's the thing. <laughs> have you have you found that it's easier for you to? Uh, to delegate like you know like when you're talking about like you know the the producing that you do and the, and the the business side of stuff that you do for for whatever it might be is it easier for you to step back and be like okay this is something that i normally would have like been been like really in the in the middle of and i would have handled this because i don't trust anybody else but is it is it easier for you now to be like you know what i, I can't do everything because i have something else right now that's so super important to me you guys just handle it and i'm sure i can trust you to get it done Oh, I mean, I've radically changed my life in that I don't, I've stepped back quite a bit from the things that I don't enjoy doing, or I, I just can't prioritize. Um, so I'm definitely moving forward. I'm concentrating a lot more on the acting and the writing and maybe a little bit producing if it's something I'm passionate about, but you know, I'm not necessarily, um, you know, day to day at my business anymore and I don't supervise every production and, you know, I loved doing that kind of micromanagement. I feel like it's paid off in the end because those are the mm-hmm. shows that I, you know, I think are were our biggest success. But at the same time, um, I only have so much time left, and I really need to fill those times with the the joy of working mm-hmm. versus like the grind of it. Even if you know it's more lucrative or whatever, you know, it's just not as much of a priority to me because I. Uh, I, I have so little time. I really want to live, work my passions and sure. not do the other stuff. So it's, it's, it's definitely a work in progress. And who knows in a couple of years when she's a little older and she goes to school a little bit, you know, or she doesn't, I don't know, maybe I'll homeschool or I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might get a lot of time back. You might get even less time. <laughs> I know, right. that's insane. So, you know, just rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. No, good for you. Good for you. Um, so go ahead. With that in mind. Yeah. I was going to say with that in mind, in terms of, of, trying to decide where you're going to go and what you're going to do and what she's going to do and you're letting her kind of decide that too. Do you have any 
role models that you look to, uh, whether you know in the industry, out of the industry, people that you're looking at that are, you know, we're we're all here trying to raise you know strong, powerful girls that have you know they have exposure to the nerd world, uh, if you will. Um, do you have anybody that you hold up right now that that kind of helped you come to that point, or do you feel like there weren't a whole lot of those role models when you were growing up? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I look, you know, I look to my mother and the fact that she raised me really weird and I would not want to raise my daughter in any way that my mother raised me. But at the same time, <laughs> there's things that she did like sort of, um, I mean, she isolated me from everybody else. So I didn't know that it wasn't, it was, it was nerdy or what nerdy was or what girls did, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's that aspect of me that I just want to like shelter her. So she doesn't realize those things until she's old enough not to be impressed with it. Or they're, they're just ways that I see a lot of my other co, you know, friends who have kids and they, they're very particular about the school they send their kids to and what they expose them to. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I don't want to force her to be a nerd, but I want, you know, she does wear a lot of rocket shirts instead of, you know, <laughs> she doesn't have any princess stuff. And if she gravitates toward that, I'll support that. But at the same time, you know, I want her to see us playing board games together. I want us mm-hmm. to go volunteer places with people who are less mm-hmm. fortunate than us or walking dogs who are home. You know, I want to sure. set an example for her um, that makes her realize her place in the world is um, exactly where she wants it to be. And I'll just offer her everything and I'll respond to whatever she wants to, whatever it is. Hopefully not sports, but okay. <laughs> I'll just offer her if she really wants to. Can, oh, please don't. You can at least watch, right? It's so outside. <laughs> There's sun. Yeah, as a fellow ginger, I understand. <laughs> you know, you have a daughter. Jerry has three. I have one and a boy. But I mean, like, I feel like we're at this point where it, it, it was never like this before. You know, I, I am incredibly thankful that my daughter can grow up in a world where, you know, not only is being a nerd accepted, more or less accepted, but it's, it's, it's kind of considered awesome. You know, like she likes the things that are popular right now and nobody is making fun of her for that. Um, but uh, you know, the pendulum swings both ways, you know, and I'm just curious whether you think honestly, whether we'll ever be able to be in a quote unquote post bullying world, whether kids will just be able to like what they like, no matter if it's soccer or walking dead. Um, you know, I think that there's a human condition that will, um, shame and point out anything different. Yeah. And, you know, you see it, my daughter has a helmet on her head now and cause she has a little flat spot and she mm-hmm. has it on for a couple of months. It's not a big deal, but you go to the playground and all other little kids are like, what's wrong with her? Right. And you know, it's, I don't, it's done out of innocence. It's not like they're being bullies at like three and four, but mm-hmm. there is an, a human, um, tendency to point out differences. And I think that becomes pointing out differences with shaming involved to make people conform. And whether it's conscious or unconscious, there is something in humanity that that sort of makes us a herd animal in that way. And what I want to instill in her is that people can point out your differences, but if you don't emotionally respond to it in a negative way, um, you can at least feel proud of yourself, but maybe you'll change their mind about that being that difference being something shameful. Yeah. So whether so, you have like a piece of, you know, like a, a, a birthmark on your face or you have um, a rocket shirt on and no other girls have that or you you know those or you want to play a board game instead of like go out on the playground like those you know if you if if, if a kid points out well well you're wearing a rocket shirt and you're like yeah I am 
that's different. But well, my difference is my superpower. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I can instill that in her, then whatever it is that sets her apart from everybody else, she won't be ashamed of it. She'll just say, Oh, you're observing my difference, but I am different and I'm not going to change because you're observing that. I guess that's what I would like to instill in her. Yeah. Do, do you feel like that's a good way for all of us as parents to kind of combat some of the things that are going on, you know, with our country? And I know there's a whole lot of stuff going on. I don't want to get political at all, but in terms of just in general, trying to teach our kids to be good people to each other rather than yeah. trying to focus on any one specific thing. I truly believe that, you know, and also, you know, um, the, the fact that I don't dress her like a girl, quote unquote, at all, and people observe, they, oh, wow, that's a cute little boy, and I'll be like, no, mm -hmm. she's a little girl, and they get very flustered and upset themselves that they feel ashamed that they mistook something, and that mm -hmm. kind of, in turn, makes them angry at you for making them make a mistake, but mm -hmm. if you, I mean, it's this weird thing, and I'm, and I'm always very calm about it, I'm like, oh, no, it's really easy to do that, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and she loves rocket shirts. Um, then people calm down and they're okay with it. And I think the more you can gently correct somebody versus reacting really negatively and trying to shame them, that mm -hmm. kind of emotion is not going to change um, a person's point of view. Like if you honk at somebody on the street, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to driving, Ed. You're right. <laughs> like, don't be that, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're like, oh, you know, if you can gently somehow steer somebody's thinking into, well, you know, I see why you think that, but actually this is how I am. And I'm okay with it. And mm -hmm. I, I like being different. If you can convince somebody that's okay, then you can maybe open up their worldview because they're not like having that sort of shame reflex that kind of closes down our ability to learn or change. That's what, how, you know, I think about it. Yeah. Something that, you know, has always interested me or I've always been curious about is like when, we, when you have a, you know, quote unquote public life, you know, when you have, you know, fa a fan base that is interested in what you do, you know, creatively and personally and you've you've never really been one to shy away from that you know you engage fans online you engage fans in real life when you see them at cons and whatnot um i'm wondering though has having a baby changed that dynamic for you are you more hyper aware of like possible invasions of privacy or has that always been a concern for you and just maybe has been amplified well, I'm, you know, I'm very open and 99.9% .9 of people are amazing and I grow from learning and knowing them. You know, that's why I love conventions. I'll meet like a food scientist or I'll meet like a, you know, a rocket uh, uh, engineer and or I'll meet a woman who has her own Etsy store that has amazing yeah. stuff. You know, there's, I, I am a better person having been exposed to people of, from all walks of life through what I do. Um, I guess, you know, I've always been very careful about my personal life and, you know, have, I've had some scary, a couple incidents where people were hyper-focused. They were either mentally ill or they were trying to troll and bully me. And, you know, that has always made me very hyper-conscious about my, um, safety. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I guess that I still have that. Um, what I do have in addition to that is sort of a sense of her as a person and trying not to. Um, violate her privacy or um, make her a public figure without her mm -hmm. permission. And I guess, you know, because people do, they're like, how's Calliope? I'd love to see it. And I, I, picked, I posted a couple of pictures because I don't know how to function without at least sharing, you know, face yeah. or whatever. But at the same time, <laughs> my impulse is to share pictures of her constantly, like I do with my relatives. And I, that's not right because I do believe that fame sort of warps people and, um, 
and that perception of yourself outside of yourself where people know you before you know yourself, mm -hmm. especially as a child, I think can be very destructive. So I'm hyper-conscious of not making her a public figure. Um, other parents are totally fine with that and I totally get it. It's probably fine. But to me, um, until she's ready to be like, I do want to be known outside who I am. I wouldn't want to do that to her. That's why I won't try to make her an actor or whatever, you know, until she can choose to do that. So it's just, you know, something that I'm sensitive to, but I respect other parents' decisions, no matter what they do about that. And I just think we need to be respectful of each other and, um, in, in that, in this new environment. Right. She's obviously um, still just a baby. She's too young to game with you. Um, but I, I'm wondering if you've given any thought to, you know, when she's old enough, what games you're going to use to to sort of introduce her and get her hooked. Yeah, you know, I've done I've seen a lot of studies um, that say that it's good to maybe not show them a screen until they're two or three. And um, that's going to be super hard. <laughs> but I'm going to try to do it. Um, um, so when she's old enough, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, coming up from a gaming background and loving games so much, but also being sort of a public figure in the world of gaming and having a lot of negativity and, you know, retrospectively, a lot of sort of um, uh, sort of monitoring of my own behavior because I would try to be perceived in one way and not piss people off in a sense because of my gender in gaming. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I would love for her to be a gamer, you know, a girl who's really into gaming. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. You know, it just depends. Um, it's, it's tough for me. And I, and I would want her to because I want more girls in gaming so we don't have to worry about that stuff. But sure. at the same time, I want to protect her from being sort of policed her own her behavior. Right. To sort of conform to somebody's standard because of her gender. I think that's really weird. And Let her pick her own path. Exactly. So, you know, I definitely am going to expose her to games. I'd love to introduce her to board games at first because mm -hmm. I love, um, you know, that sort of face-to-face -face interaction, that sort of, you know, the ritual of having friends over mm -hmm. to play. And, you know, I do would love, I would love her to experience role-playing games, um, mm -hmm. storytelling. storytelling. Yeah. And, and, you know, it would be sad if she wasn't into like Skyrim, whatever her version <laughs> of Skyrim is going to be, which is going to be way cooler than my version so of Skyrim. Much cooler. She's going to have like holograms and stuff. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I would love her to be able to be, into escaping into different worlds, whatever that is. And, you know, if I could sit down and play some split screen Lego, uh, games, with her, <laughs> and even Skylanders, like who knows, like I, I, I will pick them very carefully because, um, I think violence is, uh, probably something I don't want to expose her to or too early, but mm -hmm. I'm sure there's stuff out there that can help her grow, help her, um, find gaming as a hobby and mm -hmm. love it as much as I do. I would, it's just going to be hard. Parenting yeah. is hard, guys. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Right. <laughs> uh, I know we are, are running out of time. I just want to ask you one quick last question. Um, yeah. If you had to be any kind of candy in the world, what would you be? Oh, candy? Yeah. Uh, I would want to be a Mary Jane, which is a weird, absurd <laughs> candy. It's like a molasses, peanut butter, chewy candy. <laughs> And it's my favorite candy and you can't find it. So it's always like a treat if you find one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. And it's like really old fashioned. It's wax, It's wrapped in wax paper. I but know it's, it. You know it? I know it. Yeah. 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 Ugh, it's so good, but, right? I, I feel like you've been asked that question before, though, because you had no, that ready. Like there was no hesitation. I promise I have never, ever <laughs> asked that question. And I'm so excited to have answered it. <laughs> I didn't know that I knew it so fast. Yeah, there was no hesitation. I love that. That was like, you knew 100%. 
Well, I know I'm not like a fruity candy, and I know I can't. It's not. I'm not a chocolate because yeah. I can't eat eat that much chocolate because of my. Uh, I have a of a acid reflux, so I can't have that much chocolate. So okay. it had to be something peanut buttery. Yeah. No, Mary yeah. Jane's. That's peanut a great answer. Peanut butter is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. All right. Well, thank you guys. This has been really fun and uh, hopefully enjoy uh, Cinder and Skylanders this, this season because it's going to be awesome. I think it comes out in a couple days. So it binge does. it. It comes out Excellent. pretty soon. Thank you so much. All right. So I love the episode. Um, when I was editing it, I actually stopped to listen to quite a bit of it. <laughs> you know, I always I, I know that sounds funny to say that because usually I'm just listening for the mistakes and whatnot. But I actually listened to the content oh, sure. uh, through it. You actually did a good job this time, Jamie. No, just, um, but what, what I liked about it. <laughs> I, I do that a lot. So I edit a lot of Jonathan Lewis podcasts when he, he right. was doing them regularly, The Bounded Enthusiasm. And um, so when I was editing them the first few times, I would get lost and I'd forget to take out all of the ums and ahs and, and <laughs> yeah. fix the ta- the audio. And I'd be like, dang it, I just listened to five minutes and haven't changed anything. Um <laughs> But, well, yeah. did you hear that, Justin? He actually edits out the ums and ahs and weird pauses. Like, He's a good editor, then. Yeah, really? Maybe we should hire him. <laughs> yeah, that is somewhere. That is something that I just uh, I should do. Probably we're natural. I don't no, usually. we just you know it's you know these are natural conversations. What you hear is is what you get. That's that's how right. it happened in the moment. Right. Yeah, and exactly. I and I, I tried we- to keep that that aesthetic but still get rid of some of the weird stutters or if you have stuff that isn't obviously oh go back and edit out this whole two minutes that's tricky but i've got some search algorithm set up that i employ to to catch all the uhs um, listen to that, listen to that Justin. I mean, <laughs> we have gotten disconnected off of off of an interview, and it's been taking us five minutes to get reconnected. And Justin just Justin just leaves that in. <laughs> so you guys just sitting there talking and yeah. kind of drawing oh, yeah. about what's going on. Oh yeah, I need algorithms, man. <laughs> you need, need algorithms. Okay. okay, we need to get a budget, and Jerry will be editing our podcast. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's just get a budget. There we go. Find there a sponsor. We go. Sponsors, can you we can you hire Jerry go. to edit for us? We'll say your name. <laughs> there we go. But you you had a point in bringing that up. You had a point in, in our our amazing interviewing skills. I'm sure right. it was where well, you were going. What what I liked about it, what I liked about the talk, the conversation was, of course, Felicia Day is well known, and you could talk to her about her work. But you're just like shooting the breeze about parenting, and I yeah. I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, I, you know. Where else do you? That's get what that? I mean. It's like I wasn't a beautiful podcast. I wasn't expecting it to go that way, but it it was it was a fantastic, uh, unexpected conversation. So it was it was really cool. And I think I don't know if you could hear it or if you left it in, but there were a few times when you could hear the baby cry in the background. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, yeah. Why, I had why edit a that? lot of yeah, exactly. I had a lot of those uh, don't geek out moments. So it was it was a fun conversation, but. You know, trying not to ask about doing all of the internet stuff that she does while taking care of the baby. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for guest hosting. We'll definitely have to have you back. Absolutely. I had a blast. Thanks. And where can people find you again on social media? So the easiest place is at Dr. Tolbert, at D-R-T-O-L-B-E-R-T on Twitter. And it's also Dr. Tolbert on Facebook. I'm uh, pretty easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) 
And we are the Great Big Beautiful Podcast at the GBB Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Justin at 140JustinC. I'm Jamie at The Roarbots. And we will see you next time right here on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Unedited. Unedited. Take care. (laughs) This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.